But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's what I say. I had something back to you did, you did. <laughs> A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please rise, take off your caps, you and stand for the singing of our national, national anthem. anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early night Well, so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the fight that our flag was still there. Even though Canada came down and burnt down the White House. <laughs> oh, say though that star-spangled banner yet wave for the land of the free and the home of the brave. Well done. Well done. I'm feeling patriotic already. Oh my goodness. What a performance. Had, had to go all out. If we we're going to do it, had to go all out. <laughs> What a performance. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on, that, <laughs> on that note, uh, welcome to the 9 by 9 Volleyball Show. My name is Rob St. Clair. That is Everett DeLarm, and you've tuned in just in time to see Everett pay up uh, from a little wager that we made on this show last week. Uh, we might as well jump right into it. It was this match right here. Uh, by the way, this is the 81 square mile. The 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. Square uh, miles. <laughs> 81 square miles. I mean, that's you're you're just saying it. The national anthem of 81 square miles of beautiful American victory, or uh, I don't know. Uh, let, let's let's jump into it. Uh, every we we made a wager on last week's show. We did. It was never even close. I'll, I'll no, let you. I'll, I'll let you start on this one. Yeah, that uh, that one was a bit of a hard, tough one. I mean, it, it very much encapsulated uh, Canada's week three and last week of Nations League. Um, it just seemed like kind of a demoralized bunch at that point. You know, they were down and out at that point. You know, they knew they weren't going to be relegated, but they knew they weren't going to be going anywhere else. And you could just tell that there wasn't much left in the sales for Team Canada uh, in that one. And realistically, they just couldn't couldn't run with an American team that has surprised the hell out of all of us here. This nation league has really showed up really well. But yeah, at the end of the day, we just did not have the horses. Stephen Marr was just way too tired and really no one else was kind of stepping in there and, and picking up the mantle and, and, and taking the load off of him. Um, so, you know, hats off to you. Uh, as you see, I, I didn't cut anything short. I gave you, 
you know, the fullest of performance. And I hope for the next bet, uh, if I win, you know, you'll you'll follow through and do the same. Well, uh, yeah, I want to commend you for your performance. I'm glad we kicked off the show with that. Uh, way to commit. Well done. You did my country proud. Uh, if only we had made a bet on, like, I don't know, the, the C teams down at Norseka's where uh, Canada beat the USA 3 nothing. I think, either last night or two nights ago. Unfortunately, we did not make a bet on that. No, we didn't. We didn't. It would have been a good a good thing on my part, right, uh, had we known that was going on. Uh, but you're right. And it was a pretty similar scoreline. I was pretty sure it was all in teens from USA. Um, but let's be honest, really doesn't matter much uh, comparatively to the Nations League. Nope. Uh, so we'll see a similar wager if either of our teams, men's or women's, play at World Championships. Perhaps we might have to run that back. But, uh, yeah, other than this kind of a dud of a match that uh, we just pr- personally enjoyed here on this show, it's over. The The men's VNL preliminary round is over, and the eight playoff teams are set. Here they are, Italy, Poland, the United States, France, Japan, Brazil, Iran, and the Netherlands. That's your top eight. Everett, funny enough, Italy already knew that they were the number one seed in the finals long before they finished their 12 matches. They're hosting the finals in Bologna, and all they had to do is finish top eight to get the number one seed. Sure enough, they just went out and straight up got the number one seed. They actually were the top-ranked team after the preliminary round, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, the no Netherlands the Netherlands kind of limp into the playoffs. Uh, they were in the driver's seat coming into the week. They had a, a win-and-in match against Italy that they got swept in, but because everybody else around them lost, the Netherlands still made it. We will get lucky, to all of lucky, that. Lucky bit of lucky bit of uh, work there for the Netherlands. Very, eh? very fortunate. And before we talk about a bunch of the teams and a bunch of the matches, here is the bracket uh, getting underway next Wednesday, so a week from tomorrow in Bologna, Italy. Italy, the one seed, taking on the Netherlands, and then France taking on Japan. So that's that's that left side of the bracket there on your screen. Uh, num- the number three seed, the USA versus the number six seed, Brazil, and the number two seed, Poland versus the number seven seed, Iran. Uh, these these brackets here, I'm really spicy. liking these matchups. These are going to be great matchups all around. We know that Poland and Iran have a massive rivalry. USA Brazil, like we don't even need to go d- d- down that one. You've got two of the most skilled teams competition in France and, and Japan going in that four five match, which could be an absolute banger. And you know what? I'm going to say it right now. I wouldn't. I'm not. I, I think it would be an upset, but I wouldn't be surprised if Japan took down the defending Olympic champions. And then finally, even that one eight match, like you give Namir a little bit of, you give him a little bit of leeway, a little bit of room. Maybe Italy isn't used to playing at home. I know I'm, I'm pulling stuff out of my butt right now because they're very used to playing at home, but still, I think all four of these matchups could be ridiculous. Yeah. Both this bracket and the women's bracket, which starts tomorrow that we'll go over later on in this show, both bangers. And again, we've got to commend, for once, commend uh, Volleyball World and the FIVB for switching tournament formats to this final thank eight you. format, straight single elimination. Thank goodness it's not this thank final six. Yeah, thank you for that. None of this final six trash anymore. That's the bracket. Uh, another piece of news. So Argentina, Slovenia, Serbia just missed out. All three of them had a chance coming into the week. And actually both Argentina and Slovenia had a chance on the last day. And it is official. It was actually official three or four or five days ago, Australia is relegated one and 11 with a miserable two points. So uh, Australia will play challenger cup later on this year. Uh, Everett, where do you want to start? Which do you want to start at the top? You want to start at the bottom of the standings? Let's start at the bottom of the standings because we're already here. Right. And we can, we can finish off at the top. Um, 
obviously, I think the, the disappointing one is the second to last spot there uh, in Team Canada. I think there was, I, I'm, I'm not, wasn't hoping for that many more wins. You know, I uh, wasn't even maybe looking to even make the playoffs, especially after what we saw after week one. But I was hoping to get a few more in there. Um, especially with the way that we saw other teams like Iran and the Netherlands really turn it on after week one and improve, whereas we didn't really see that uh, see that from team. Overall, I'm a little bit uh, surprised maybe by teams like Argentina and Slovenia. Slovenia especially, I know that we were both really high on them based off of their performance last year and their their historic run over you know the past number of years, bringing in Mark Lebedu. Um, I think this, you know, a five and seven record for them is a little bit, disappointing uh overall looking another team to look at is germany who came out of the the gate real real strong in ottawa and then just has three and one three and one week one to finish four and eight is brutal yeah absolutely going from three and one week one to one in seven throughout the rest is 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 real real tough china you know you're that's kind of what you expect to be honest i think three wins even though one of them is a very very large asterisk was that one over um uh, germany yeah is, forfeit is, win is pretty is pretty all right and the other one is bulgaria i mean we saw a lot about nikolov and that's another thing that we're gonna have to talk about a little bit later in, in this show but just not a lot in the in the closet for for bulgaria um so a little little bit little bit uh, uh, a little bit disappointing because we were pretty high on, on them uh, coming in as well yeah they uh, they did manage to escape being relegated and they did beat the netherlands earlier this week so that was a pretty nice win but otherwise not that much to write home about for bulgaria uh yeah just to wrap it up about canada i mean mission accomplished in staying v- in vnl but past that I-, I don't know how much of a success you can really call this tournament there's so much that so many things that we that we thought that we would see and that I know Ben Josephson and the Canadian staff wanted to see here and not just based on the record but based on the eye test and of the things that we know that Canada's been focusing on that offense this new look lightning fast offense just has not been there at all really at any point throughout this tournament the serving has not been good enough the serve reception has been nowhere near good enough and it, there's just these fundamental building blocks that Canada right now is missing before they can even get to the fun, flashy, like second level stuff that they want to get into. So there is, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, really, it's just that there's the lack of horses right now. And I mean, yeah. we've talked about it so many times with the reti- the guys who, who have retired. Um, and really, you know, if, if, if we were to be talking to Benjo right now, I bet you he says, he's going to say, say this, is that you either win or you learn. And I think this year we did a lot of learning and there was a lot of learning from, you know, guys being new to the international game, figuring out how this group of guys is going to be working together, you know, for Benjo to be how, how to be a head coach at this level. Um, you know, we, we even talked about some of the, the learning he did even in that first week in Ottawa, you know, from game to game four. So there's a lot of learning to, to, to be done here for, for this team. And the reality is, is that the majority of this team has little to no international experience right so at the end of the day it it's it's kind of that work in progress uh as good as the last regime was in terms of results there wasn't much left in the closet or in the bank for that this team to go to you know not a lot of not a lot of development being done for some of the 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 next generation of players uh so now we're kind of having to start at at ground zero you know at the end of the day, at least we're not in the bad spot that Australia's in. Uh, you know, got to tip my hat to Dave Preston, of course, getting his first uh, uh, international competition under his belt uh, with the senior team uh, over in Australia. But 
you know, they've got a lot of work to do. I do think that this team has a lot of potential, but it has some growing to do. I mean, let's be honest, Stephen Marr was this team. He led them in every single category except for setting, right, which is obvious. He had double, almost double the amount of attempts that the next guy had, and that's Ryan Sclair. He had the most kills. He was six six for both kills and and uh, and scoring in the entire VNL, right? He had the by far the most receptions. He had the most ace and, aces and was in the top 10 for, for aces as well. He led the team in digs with, with 50. He led the team in receptions. There's... There's only so much Stephen Marr can do, and we need other guys to step up. I think overall, one of the guys I'd be the most disappointed in would be, and disappointed is relative, of course, but it would be the, definitely the play of Ryan Sclater. I uh, was hoping to see him kind of improve after the few weeks, and if anything, I think he tailed off a little bit. Um, but, you know, that could be down to to a, a number of factors, and I know that connection with the right side hasn't necessarily uh been there at times but was looking to see him kind of kind of step in a little bit more but i also think there's a lot of positives with this the way this team is played and some of the the performances uh that they're putting up i think jackson howe was was very very good considering that he's a kid who's stepping out of youth sports right he has very little international experience he has no pro pro experience and he did a pretty good job for for canada down the middle um and ultimately, I think it was a big learning experience altogether. I really like Sam Cooper, too, in the, and especially in that last game against the U.S. He's a guy that's super explosive and, and, and super powerful, and he's going to be, be fun to watch. But overall, I think Team Canada is very thankful that they've made it through alive and they will be playing in the next VNL. I'm sure they're thankful for a little bit of time off. I saw uh, Stephen Marr and Brett Walsh are down at the Calgary Stampede right now, looking like a couple of Cowboys. So that's got to be a good, good time. Um, but yeah, uh, Nick, overall, Nick I won't Valley lie a little bit disappointing country. the result for Team Canada here. Um, but I, there's not much that I can say that I think we should have done better because it's just in that position of this is the team we have and this is the team we got and this is the team we've got to run with. And they will get better and they will learn and I'm expecting a much different and much more confident team going into the World Championships in the fall. Uh, but they needed to do this learning over VNL and I'm glad we got it out of the way uh, right now. And miraculously, Canada's world ranking actually only dropped two points. It was 12 coming into the tournament, 14 as we're talking right now, which I'm actually really surprised it didn't yeah, drop me more. Too. We'll, t- we'll talk about world rankings later on, but uh, let's go to the top eight teams and talk about these teams a little bit. Like we said, the Netherlands limped into the finals a little. We'll go over some of the matches from the week and break down those scenarios. But you talked about the rise of Iran. How about their performance this week, man? They're only lost to Italy. They, they beat Poland in five. We talked about that in last week's show. happened last Tuesday. Then they cleanly beat both of their nearest competitors to the playoffs, three overs to Serbia and three overs to Slovenia. Like, that's convincing and we said a couple weeks ago if they're going to make the playoffs they're going to earn it they did uh japan and brazil not that much to talk about there they did play head to head i'm pretty sure japan beat them if i'm not mistaken oh no no sorry uh brazil 3-0 japan but then i'm thinking uh i think it was france 3-0 brazil yeah so that's about right so those those teams are about where they are i think that's kind of the japan and the brazil that we've seen throughout this tournament france not as good of a week uh, other than the win versus Brazil, they got beaten five by the United States, which was an incredible match that we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, let's see. who They had one other kind of head-scratching loss. Obviously, they beat Australia. Uh, they lost to Argentina. They lost to Argentina in four. So that, that was a little weird, and they dropped a place in the standings because of that. They got leapfrogged by the U.S., so uh, we'll see if that, that ends up killing them in the quarterfinals against Japan. 
Uh, Italy and Poland at the top. I am really, really impressed by Italy. Just you can't say enough about Simone Gianelli playing every match. Micheletto joining week two. Lavia joining week two. Romano playing opposite pretty much the whole time. Like they, this isn't necessarily an Italian team full of elite level players at every position, other than Gianelli and like Boasso at Libero and then Micheletto, but somehow and even though they didn't really need to go out and win this preliminary round they did so you got to give them credit for that then you got to give poland credit as well for playing extremely well and managing their roster i i think really one person that i want to talk about you know you and i talked about some of the, the the top prospects in this tournament we've talked about you know alex nikolov by far we talked about you know uh, those perich and uh Masulovic and uh, who's the other uh, uh, Kuyunzic for, kid, for yeah. Serbia? But man, we need to talk to, about Amin from uh, yes, from Iran, we right? do because this guy this guy finished t- second in scoring, only behind a Namir with forty points. Namir had had forty two. 127 attacks. He led the nations league in scoring, right? From, from an attacking perspective, right? We were wondering who this next generation of Iranians are. And Amin is it, but like the crazy thing is I, I, I'm having trouble finding anything on him. Like if you type in Amin in, uh, in Volleybox, he doesn't come up. Mm, yeah, I'll have to. Oh wait, here, here he is. Yeah, I, some I, of the I names have... in Farsi are a little more confusing to like search on Volleybox, but yeah, this dude. We were. It was funny. We we talked about it on the show before, but I thought that there were three potential opposite characters for Iran coming into this tournament. None of them were Amin. Sure enough, he's probably the best player in the country right now. He, he might be the left best lefty in volleyball right now. Like I, I best lefty like... opposite. He's not better than Mikoleta. He's not. Don't you even give me that? He is not better than hey, Micheletto. I don't he's know. Not hey, you're right. He's not, you're right. He's not better than, than Micheletto. But like, like this is a guy that we're going to need to watch out for. Absolutely. Like this this yeah. is this is a guy that is is going to be a name in volleyball moving forward. And it's crazy to see like the, the performance that, that he's had. Now I do worry a bit about the what's around him. I know you've got a Batapur and you got a Svandiar and you got a, a few different pieces there, but like they're really, really riding him hard and, and, and really, really running with him. Well, yeah, we'll see how it goes for them in the playoffs. They'll have a rematch against Poland, who they just beat in five in Poland. So uh, that could certainly go anyway. But uh, the last team in the top eight that we need to talk about is the United States. Uh, Everett did us the honor of singing our very own national anthem at the beginning of the show, in case you missed that. Uh, what a, it was what a, a Dude, what a pleasant surprise. <laughs> what a pleasant surprise. I did, I did not expect... I would have been happy if, if this American team made the playoffs just before this tournament started. Ten and two and third overall. Like the only losses like that one kind of just head scratcher to Iran and then a four set loss to Poland. Like beating France head to head was amazing. Uh beating Brazil in Brazil with the B team. Like there was some phenomenally good moments by this American team, this VNL preliminary round. We saw Michael Christensen come back this week. Yeah, what's up? Well, you know, you can continue, but I have a specific question about a specific player that I want to ask, because to me, there was one player who really stepped up for you guys massively. And, you know, he's a player that we memed about a little bit, both in the discord on this show, like kind of leading up uh, up to it. Uh, who's who's that player? Because that'll shape my my kind of take on my team right now. 100 percent Kyle Ensing. 
Yeah. Right? He was yeah. second in scoring for the U.S., led you guys in attacking with 103, 103 kills, which is the most most for your team. Like, he was unreal. And, I mean, I know he benefited from two weeks of Josh Chuaniga setting. The reju- rejuvenating that Long Beach connection to Falco was fantastic as well. But, man, Kyle Ensing looked fantastic for you guys. Like, I, don't, I have no idea what he's doing playing in Israel when he's putting up this type of numbers for, for Team USA. Like, someone, Germany, France, like, anywhere, pick this guy up because he's really damn good. He's he's going to France next year, but for, like, a mid-tier at best team. I was, it was funny. This past weekend at WAPAC, I was talking to Dustin Watton, and we were, we were talking about Kyle Ensing, and I'm like, what? What is he doing? We were both like, what, what on earth is he doing playing in these goofy leagues, even though we know he's so good? And Dustin was like, his agent needs to do a better job. And I agree. I, I didn't think about that, but his agent needs to get a new agent. Yeah, he needs to get a new agent because after this performance, he, he could be he could go back to Berlin where he was earlier in his career riding the bench and he could start on that team this year. And Ben Patch's Absolutely. absence 100%. that, yeah, if, if you're if you're a volleyball agent and, and you're looking for a new client, uh, pick up Kyle Ensing because, yeah, his. His performance at the opposite for the United States this tournament was extremely, extremely promising. Now, I didn't see Kyle Russell as much as I wanted to. He only really got like two matches worth of even appearances, which was really too bad. I don't understand why Jake Haynes is making the roster over him ever. Uh, but as far as the second opposite goes, at least like we've got Matt Anderson coming back for world championships. And we've got Gabby Garcia Fernandez showing up in 2024. At the very, very least, to fill that gap, I feel a lot more comfortable with Kyle Ensing than I did before this tournament. The 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 pairing of Matt Anderson and Kyle Ensing, I think, is is really, really good. Yeah. Because it gives you two very, very good looks. And now we we've proven like Kyle Ensing has gone out there and proven that he can play with the best in the world at any time in all facets of the game, right? He can play defense, he can block, he can serve, obviously he can score points, right? So when you bring in a guy like Kyle Ensing as an opposite to Matt Anderson you're giving the team such a different look you're obviously going to change the height of the offense the speed of the offense where that right side is set is is located right and you're just going to give a bit of a different look so I love the the dichotomy of having Matt Anderson along with Kyle Ensing yeah I like it too it also leaves you the emergency outlet if you ever need Matt Anderson to play on the left side if if something if something goes down but yeah exactly Ensing great tournament so far done a good job of mitigating his errors I've been really impressed by that so uh, we'll see how he gets put to the test. I mean, we're going to have that rematch versus Brazil in the first round of the playoffs, and that will not nearly be as easy as it was when we played him last time. Uh, you, you, met, you mentioned both TJ DeFalco and Aaron Russell, both just awesome performances. One thing I definitely want to shout out is the serving of Aaron Russell. This is something that's been very much up and down throughout his career. There, there were times uh, back in like the 2016 Olympic quad where we just made him a float server. Uh, he just made too many errors, and we had enough jump spin firepower on the team that we just forced him to could, just to put the ball in play with a jump load serve. His twenty-one aces, twenty-one aces in the preliminary round, plus fourteen stuff blocks. In Tw- only to twenty-one attack, twenty-one aces, but only twenty-one, twenty-four errors. Right, that number is absolutely like astronomical. Like you've got guys like Kyle Ensing who's got five aces to twenty-three errors, or Tuaniga who's three aces to twenty errors. So you're going twenty-one aces to only twenty-four errors. You're almost going one for one ace to error. That's a massive ratio. That I don't think is talked enough right now for the USA. Yeah, that's terrific. Uh, I thought Dave Smith had a really good tournament. Uh, TJ DeFalco had a great tournament. It's great to see Eric Shoji back. I think that this. This American team, we won't get Max Holt back. We won't get Matt Anderson back until World Championships. But if we get past Brazil, I was putting up this bracket again. If we get past Brazil and we get 
another shot at either at, at the two teams that we lost to Poland and Iran. We'll get one of them. If we can survive Brazil in the semis, like we played pretty well in that Poland match and, and missed some opportunities and then just kind of didn't get off the bus against Iran. It's not that crazy for this American team to go home with hardware, this VNL, if they can get past Brazil in the first round, no easy task, but Brazil has not looked like the Brazil of the past. So, I am, yeah, no, I'm, really... I'm very, I'm very questionable about this Brazil team heading into the to the to, to the playoffs. Like more so than I've ever questioned any Brazilian volleyball team, beach or indoor, sitting, whatever you want to go with, men or women, at any point in my life. This this is this is a huge question mark for me going forward. Yep, agreed. Uh, obviously, it comes down a lot to the outside hitter position for them. But without Alan Souza, his younger brother Darwin Souza is going to have to play really well. And I mean, they've just been. They, they haven't nearly been the Brazil that we're used to. So a couple of the, uh, some of the matches just to go through sort of a timeline of the last week of, of VNL week three, both in Japan and in Poland. Uh, we got to talk about this match, uh, France versus the USA. This was a banger. Uh, I, I was up standing on my, on my feet yelling in this very office at about two in the morning, whatever night it happened uh, 15 to eight in the fifth. And after the U S got straight up embarrassed in the first, like I saw that first set, I'm like, all right, pull the starters, lay down, get swept, and focus on the rest of the week. And boy, did they not listen to me. <laughs> they kept the guys in. They completely turned it around mentally. Very, very impressed. And what we've got to talk about for on the French side, how bad Trevor Clevino was. Eight for 15. No, sorry. Eight for, yeah, eight for 28 with five errors is terrible offensively. And Stefan Boyer, after that first set, uh, pretty similarly bad, 13 for 31 with six errors. Like, I, I think if they, if they had played the combination of Brizard and Patry and then had a shorter leash for Cleveno, I think France probably wins that match. But we do have to give the United States credit. Yeah, for sure. I do think that Gianni is still learning about this team and, and learning to see how guys respond in certain situations, right? Um, also, let's be completely honest, when talking about the French team, we also have to wonder what they did the night before. <laughs> um and and how how they prepared for for that match or you know the, the the couple the couple of the nights before uh uh leading up to it and you know uh i think to be honest with this french team is that they have that knowledge and that that true belief inside them that they can beat whenever whoever and that they can play with whoever and that with that, they kind of turn off sometimes and aren't necessarily going all out and, and are the most focused and executing at their highest level possible. Um, and I think maybe that's what we saw because you see this team just yo-yo back and forth to being, you know, one of the best teams in the world to head scratchingly bad in in a second. And we see these <laughs> these kind of Jekyll and Hyde performances from guys like Boyi uh, and and they have no. But they're both world-class guys we expect to bounce back at any second. Maybe not Boyer. He's obviously been struggling in the past number of the past years, both with the national team and professionally playing in some random leagues everywhere and, and kind of fizzling out a little bit. But you know what? This this French team is really hard to bet against moving forward into the playoffs. They're just so good and so skilled, and they can turn it on at any point. That you know, I, I think any team with them on their on their calendar is 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 kicking themselves a little bit. That left side of the bracket not happy uh with france oh, on that side. very very scary i mean we got to assume that italy is going to get past the netherlands but either team that italy sees after that could easily beat them i mean japan did beat them and i think france did too in ottawa if i remember correctly so 
Uh, I'm pretty sure those are Italy's only two losses was to France and Japan because France. Yeah, did, I mean, I mean, the, Italy the, beat Poland, the, so yeah, that's it. The loss to the loss to France um, obviously has an asterisk because, like the the Italian roster in Ottawa was not there yet. You know, they they didn't have Lavia, they didn't have Micheletto, they didn't. You know, they didn't like those two guys specifically. Um, so I think that's that's. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll, we'll do more. We'll do more previewing of the bracket on next week's show. Uh, Definitely. I want to talk about the the race for that last playoff spot. It came down to a couple of teams that had a chance. We talked about Iran; they had a phenomenal week. But this match right here, head to head, was probably kept one of these two teams alive and killed the and kept like kept the winner alive and killed the loser. My goodness, did Serbia have a terrible week? Do or die game against Slovenia; they get swept. Do or die game against Iran. Serbia gets swept, and and that was that was really it for their tournament. I mean, Slovenia played well here. They they had Klim and Chibu back finally. Uh, they looked a little more like themselves. I watched this game, and Serbia just didn't have it. And it wasn't because they didn't have their roster. They did. They just didn't really have their game. And it was it was a kind of a confusing one. But then Slovenia, after winning this one, promptly got stomped by Iran. So like I said, Iran really earned their way into the playoffs and then Iran followed it up by beating Serbia. So that kind of triangle of those three teams trying to make the playoffs, Iran clearly came out ahead and ended up being Slovenia who had a chance going into the last day. You know, it's funny, Rob, because I don't think either of us would have picked Iran, uh, Iran, right? We would, we would have picked either Serbia, had the hardest schedule and, and, and the Netherlands. Yeah. Iran had the hardest schedule and they're one to pull, pull it out the most. So you're, you're very right. They, they earned it the most. And I'm, I'm getting a little, scared let's say of this iranian team because i think that this team has 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 come to play and that they're going to be you know we've seen them one at the win at the youth stage and i think that they're going to be a a team that is going to be a handful over the next this quad and the next one heading into uh, la 2028 yep uh strongly agreed it's crazy that they not only did they make the playoffs they got seventh not eighth and i thought that the, the netherlands for sure would have the best shot at that because of their easier schedule speaking of that it, it came down to be pretty dramatic going into the last day. There were three matches with a lot on the line. The first one was this one. Uh, Argentina had an extremely good week. They brought Luciano DiCecco back into the mix. Sure enough, they go 3-0, and including beating France. And they had a chance here against the United States. All they needed was a win. It, it didn't matter the number of sets. It didn't matter the number of points. If Argentina had won this match, they would be in the playoffs over, over the Netherlands, like straight up. And they knew that going in. But the U.S., uh, sure enough, gets it done barely in extra points of 17-15 on a like, gigantic match-winning stuff block, which is really hype and some very just delicious revenge for me personally for the Olympics last year. It's like Argentina can happily fly back to South America and watch this tournament from afar. Like, that's uh, the least we could do to them in revenge. But it, it got pretty dramatic. Argentina had a win in, in opportunity, couldn't quite get it done, very slim margins. Also win in, in opportunity. The Netherlands versus Italy. Italy had already qualified at this point. Again, they had no real reason to even play this match. And sure enough, not only did they play the match, they played the starters, which was crazy to me. I was really surprised by that. And they managed to sweep the Netherlands uh, in a match that the Netherlands needed to win to guarantee a playoff spot. Giorgi's roster choices have been fascinating very weird to me like Gianelli doesn't come off the court the entire time I can't have, believe how many Ricardo matches he played Spertoli down like right there who's a world-class setter in, in his own right like talk about like 
you know, you're really, really running. And I mean, at the end of the day, I do think that Italy, maybe more so than any other country, is in a unique position where their league is the best league in the world and is developing world-class talent, right? So they don't necessarily need to use the national team as a development place like other teams do, right? Whereas some of their best players, they can just go play you know, Super Lega or, you know, even uh, Serie B and get that experience and, and get that quality of play. Whereas other, co- like the only really country that I, I think could do that on that level, other countries I'd say is Poland and Russia, right? Agreed. But but, other, but otherwise, right? Like they're not really in that developmental phase and figuring out who's going to work with the national team because they've got the Super Lega to do that. And then the national team is just to go and win. That's a pretty miraculous luxury to have, and uh, other exactly. countries countries around the world should take notes. <laughs> United States, uh, Canada, throw throw money at a league for God's sakes. Uh, so anyway, the Netherlands lose to Italy in a match that they could have won to clinch a playoff spot. That left it up to Slovenia. The very last match of the week was a win and in for the playoffs for Slovenia against Poland in Poland. Poland had nothing to play for still pretty convincingly beat Slovenia. I mean, 25-14 in the first is is just a whooping. Uh, was not even close. Uh, Mateusz Biniak is the, is, might be the scariest server in the world. Um, not just like volume of aces, but the the way that he gets the aces. If he goes back to the line, I am I am sweating, no, no matter it's the situation. It's, it's just reckless because he can hit the float. He can hit the spin. He hits the, 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 the hybrid. hybrid. And it's just like when he hits that hybrid too, I don't think he knows if it's going to be a spin or a float either. Like I truly believe he just goes and yanks on it and sees what's going to happen. It's so, so sick. So a lot of teams at that very last day of VNL, uh, most of them in Poland, but Argentina and the U.S. and Japan, Win and in chances couldn't get them done. So Argentina loses, Slovenia loses, and the Netherlands lose. But uh, because everybody lost around the Netherlands, uh, the Netherlands do, still do get in in the eighth spot at six and six. So uh, that's the top eight, and that's really just about all the um, the fun matches that I wanted to bring up for uh, VNL Week Three. Let's talk about Everett the some of the individual performances. You talked about a couple of the other scoring leaders. Uh, Namir Abdelaziz, we've got to shout him out. If there's a reason why the Netherlands is in the top eight in this tournament, it's obviously him. Thirty-one points, hundred and thirty-one points, just filthy. Led, led, led it in attacks uh, and in serving, like just disgusting. Yep. Here's here are his uh, individual match breakdowns: thirty-one against Germany, thirty against China, twenty-five, twenty-four, twenty, and twenty. Uh, he had one only one match where he didn't play. That's he didn't play against the United States, conveniently enough for me. Uh, back in back in week one, but just every other match, Namir Abdelaziz is just a freak of nature. Uh, six aces against China, five against Australia, four against Poland. Like the dude is an absolute menace. And uh, I mean, we knew that if the Netherlands were going to go anywhere, it would be on his back. Sure enough, uh, there they are in the playoffs. Uh, we talked about Amin second, actually tied for second in scoring with Yuji Nishida, both at 193 points. Uh, really, just ridiculously impressive by both of those guys. But Nishida did a lot of his from the service line 27 aces yeah. uh, w- w- which was good for third in the tournament behind uh, his teammate yuki ishikawa with 29 and then namir with 30 like that is a ridiculous serving performance for new yuji nishida and he only played uh nine of the 12 matches uh full time so super impressive from him and then uh fourth on the list in scoring is a man who we've really got to talk about everett 
Alex Nikolov, 172 points, 13 blocks, nine aces, and 150 kills. And you and I saw him in person in Ottawa. We were blown away by this kid who is 18 years old. And we, you and I both called him the best 18-year-old we've ever seen. We also said yep. that he's way too good for the NCAA. And clearly other people thought that as well because of the news that we had this. I'm guessing we didn't, don't have a graphic for, for this one. I don't. Uh, h- however, uh, it, as it was announced last week, Alex Nikolov will be going to j- l- uh, join Lube Civitanova for next season. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. not only did he realize he's a little too good for the NCAA, he realized that he can grab a roster spot in the reigning Italian champions. That is if, a jump of all jumps. And however he and his agent pulled that off, good for them because that is such an awesome career move for the it, and Lube. Even in Lube's signing, they called him the best under 20 volleyball player on the planet right now. They know exactly it, what they've got. It, it fits them perfectly considering they're totally. going through this transition. They lost Lucarelli. They lost Simone. Like they're, they're losing their guys. They have Gabby Garcia long-term. They've got Alex and Nikolov now uh, signed. They've got signed Marlon Yance. They've got, they've got Marlon Yance. So like uh, my, my question is, is, you know, how are you, how are you working with so many foreigners? You know, how are you fitting, fitting that in? What's the rest of the team looking on? But ultimately I'm just happy here that Nikolov is going to Superlega is going to be playing for Italy in, in Italy, sorry, uh, is going to be playing, you know, in the best league in the world for one of the best clubs in the world, because he's just way too good for the NCAA. Way too good. Right. He's not, it, it will almost, I think it would almost hinder him to be to be in the NCAA, you know what I, I kind of likened it to is seeing how good he was in uh, in uh, Nations League is is when uh, when Shawan Vernon Evans back you know when he played for the national team in, in his debut he scored more points for playing with the senior team than he did at the Pan Am Cup with the junior team only weeks before like a month before just because he was so much b- better than everyone else at that junior level that. They, they, he didn't almost know how to play with them, but once he was with the senior guys, he was like, oh, this is more my speed. This is, is more my level. Nikolov is doing that, I think, on an even higher level, obviously, uh, and I think he's going to be able to do some crazy things in, in Italy next year. Yeah, and funny enough, he's actually fluent in Italian. Uh, he's fluent in three languages, Bulgarian, English, and Italian. His, his father was a Bulgarian legendary volleyball player and played in Italy for years, so uh, he fits right in right there as well. So Honestly, if, if that's the case, then I, if I was Bulgaria, I'd be very worried. I was I'd just be, about to bring that I would up. Be very, very, very worried if I was Bulgaria. Yeah, right? like, their their national federation is going to have to make sure that they can retain him because we, we're seeing uh, Donovan Zavaronuk do this exact same thing. He is already at the very beginning of his career, going undergoing the process of becoming Italian. Uh, Bulgaria has got to make very, very sure that Alex Nikolov doesn't try to do the same thing. I, di- I didn't know Dazveronok was was doing oh, that. Yeah. Well. That's a huge loss for the Czech Republic if, if it if it happens for him. Yes, but yeah. at the, but at the same time, like it's gonna make it would make sense for the pro side of things, but it completely shuts his door on the national team because he's not breaking into that Italian national team roster. Probably not, uh, but. I mean, is Nikolov going to do that in the next couple of years? I mean, he's that good, but who, look who's in front of him. Anyway, I, it's it's not club season. Where this is these is all speculation. I think we should jump back into into real volleyball. First. Real quick though, I just wanted to say I could hundred percent see like you telling me that like um, Mikaletto and Nikolov outside pairing is not the most like one of the most tantalizing potential pairings in volleyball right now. Like like I, Dan- Daniele Lavia is good. 
but I don't think he's Alex Nikolov good. I think he's better than him right now, but will he be in come 2024? I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So that's just very early speculation. I want to address a couple things in the chat before we move on. Uh, get in the YouTube chat if you're watching live on the Volleyball Source YouTube channel. And if you're watching or listening on the audio podcast after the fact, uh, definitely check out the YouTube version so you can uh, see Everett's beautiful national anthem performance at the beginning of the show. Uh, one of the things that we've been following along with throughout this VNL is the change in world ranking format. Now, it's the, the world ranking points update after every single match, whether you win or whether you lose, and the set score and your opponent's ranking and all this. There's updates to the world rankings every single day instead of just where you finished in a tournament. So uh, I want to go through over a couple of the notable, um, notable movements around the world rankings. Uh, we've got a new number one, Everett. Uh, Poland is the number one ranked team in the world on the men's side now. Uh, we, we talked about that after Brazil inexplicably lost to China week one that they uh, ended a 20-year run at number one in the world. So uh, they're going to have to work pretty hard to get back up there. Uh, France, the new number three. They've overtaken Russia just due to inactivity. Uh, Italy's still at five. The United States moves up from seven to six, uh, switches with Argentina. Uh, Japan is up from 11 to eight. Definitely well-deserved. Iran up from 10 to nine. Serbia drops from 9 to 11. Slovenia drops from 8 to 10. Uh, Canada drops from 12 to 14, like we talked about earlier, and then a decent amount of movement, like much, much lower down. But there's one that we've really got to talk about that leads me into uh, one of our next bullet points, Australia. We talked about early on, like even coming into VNL, if you're a terrible team, might it actually hurt you to even play the VNL because of the way the new world ranking teams, the world ranking system works? Sure enough, Australia came into the VNL, uh, the lowest ranked team in the field at 31. Everett, guess what their world ranking is right now? 38. 38. Australia is ranked 38th in the world. They have dropped seven spots after going 1-11 in VNL. And uh, we might as well talk about Challenger Cup because as, as Australia is obviously real, relegated. Real quick before we jump into the Challenger Cup, though, I do think that there needs to be some tweaking with this system on which tournaments provide points, right? Because you've got like Norseka tournaments that are scoring the same level of points as FIVB events, right? Like uh, something needs to change in that. In, yeah, there's got to be some my opinion, to that. Right? Like Cuba can't be getting more points by beating teams like the Dominican Republic, Mexico, and Puerto Rico and, and moving up that way while we're playing like Brazil and the, and the U.S. Like the, there needs to be some tweaking and, and determining which tournaments are, are, are providing points and which tournaments aren't. Yeah, that's that's very, very strange. Like we've got... Well, it's funny because the, the United States world rankings are only updated for VNL. They're not updated for anything Norseka, but I know that those do count for points. So, yeah. Uh, well, like, who knows? I, okay. I guess it's like the challenge, but like in my opinion, like the challenger qualifier tournament for like the, the challenger, like that's what Cuba's getting points here from, uh, from June of this year. Like, should that be getting, giving you points like on, on the same scale? Cuba shouldn't know? be getting any points for playing Mickey Mouse tournaments, but uh, they will get to play Challenger Cup later this year. So uh, let's talk about that for a little mm-hmm. bit. How We talked about it last week on the women's side with Belgium and their unjust relegation from VNL, but they still have a chance in Challenger Cup. Uh, FIVB Challenger Cup for the men's. Uh, those quarterfinal matchups are set. It's an eight-team tournament going down in South Korea at the very, very end of this month. Um, Korea, the number one seed because they're hosting, playing Australia. The can eight we, seed. 
yeah, what's going on with that? Lowest ranked well, team in the field. They're the lowest ranked team in the field. They dropped so far from VNL that they're lower ranked than Chile, Czech Republic, and Qatar. Australia is the lower ranked, the lowest ranked team in the field in Challenger Cup, and they get the eighth seed. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, that's that's a tough pill to watch for, for Australia to swallow. Like you just finished VNL and you don't even get the number one seed. You have to play the top team in Korea, who let's be honest, Korea for- not the top team. They're just well, hosting, so they get the one seed. So they actually so get a lucky go- draw there. Honestly, though, I think if you're you're Australia, at least you have to play Korea, which is a team you know. It's within your zone. Like you have a little bit of familiarity. Yes, you have to play Korea at home, and Korean volleyball fans are actually pretty rabid, and they they have a good fan base, so that's not going to be easy. But you probably like that better than having to play like Cuba or Turkey in the first round. Yeah, they they actually got on the better side of the bracket. So the the rest of Challenger Cup for the men, uh, t- Cuba seated number two. They'll play Chile number seven, uh, Tunisia number three, playing the Czech Republic number six and then Turkey number four playing Qatar number five so uh, I mean Cuba is a good team uh, all they all they do is play Mickey Mouse tournaments but they they do have some talent on that roster obviously uh, Turkey is a good team and then Australia has some experience and the Czech Republic we've seen play well before they won a CV Golden League in a surprise so I actually think that tournament's going to be pretty good and I don't know how to pick a favorite right now we'll preview it more when the tournament comes closer but the real question is like if Cuba does in fact win the tournament can their federation even sponsor them or like support that team to play in VNL next year because that is what's on the line that yeah, will that that, that spot vacated by Australia will be taken by the winner of the FIV Challenger Cup for next year's VNL. I am interested to see what roster Cuba brings. Like, are, are we going to have Lopez? Are we going to have Yant? Are we going to have Melguerrejo? Are like, is Simone? They've got, gonna, yeah, they've got like, all those guys down at Norseca's right now. They've got Simone, Yant, and Lopez, all three of them. Okay, fair enough. Then, then like, if that's the case, then I, I think in in those first round matchups, I can pick a favorite in all of those ones. I'm 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 pretty confident. But once you get past that, the semifinals and the finals, uh, I'm a little little less sure. But I yeah. do think Cuba Cuba is the favorite, and I think that's a very valid concern. Is will they have the money? Um, and if they do have the money, where's it coming from, right? Because <laughs> let's be honest, they don't they don't have the money. No, so that, that's don't. a situation where like either the FIVB or Norseca is going to have to step in and pay for them. Yeah, that, that, that's uh, very interesting. So we'll talk about Challenger Cup later when it comes a little closer. Ever anything else on men's VNL? Uh, actually, I, I mentioned I wanted to go to the chat for questions and then didn't actually go to the chat for questions. I want to get to that a little bit. Uh, somebody says Japan didn't beat France. Both teams were playing B squad. Yeah, that's correct. I meant Japan beat Italy. I don't know if I misspoke on that. Mm. Uh, Argentina was too close. I like that they tried something new with the three outside hitter system, Palacios, Vicentin, Polanski, with the checker coming back. Uh, I like that too. Uh, I know that Polanski can play both wings. And, uh, but, I mean, obviously, the, the reason why Argentina was good this past week was because of Luciano Dechecka. Like, the difference that he makes over, over Sanchez, who's a good setter, but that difference is, is truly night and day. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, that's what's, what's you know, it's like if, if the Green Bay Packers didn't have Aaron Rodgers, like that team is nowhere near to be the the, the same team. Like, let, let's, let's be honest here. Tacheco is, is that good? Totally, totally that good. And uh, I, I, I know we're talking about Cuba. People are trying to summon Ronnie Cuban Spike in the chat, but we're going to have to make fun of him <laughs> on the Discord later on. Uh, good time to plug the Volleyball Source Discord if you want to join an online community of the greatest, the greatest by far, like place on the internet to just chat and meme and analyze and, you know, just talk about volleyball 24-7 with fans from literally all around the world. Uh, The Volleyball Stars Discord is the best place on the internet for that by far. The link is in the description. We're up well over 600 members. 
Yeah, uh, we're at like six fifty now. It's crazy. It's, it's ridiculous how much it's grown. It really, just the best resource ever. We get a lot, so much value, and then so many jokes and uh, just slandering, making fun of players, and making fun of Robbie Ronnie Cuban Spike for uh, how bad his team is and how they play Mickey Mouse tournaments and. Uh, all that stuff. Phenomenally good community. Hop in there. Uh, a couple other things before we get to women's VNL. Everett, let the people know uh, where they can get some of this merch that we're wearing right now. Yeah, as you can see, Rob's wearing the uh, baseball tee. I'm oh, wearing yeah. the the spicy volleyball with the the nine by nine on the back. Uh, the same one that I was wearing in that video with Brett Walsh. Uh, actually, don't worry, I wash it. It's clean now. It smells good. Uh, <laughs> but you can head over to that volleyball dot store to get all your uh, volleyball source and uh, spicy volleyball merch. You get the nine by nine their merch. There's hats. There's water bottles. There's the make volleyball great um, sweaters and and shirts. So yeah, make sure to get head over to that volleyball dot store. Um, and actually, Rob, I've been I've been. I've been working on on a bit of a new line. So you guys, in the next Ooh. in the next kind of few weeks, maybe a month or so, we're gonna be looking at uh, releasing some some new uh, some new designs out there. Spicy. So uh, honestly, I'd love to put out like a a competition within the Discord for someone to to or design something, and for the winners to to kind of go in a, a, a t shirt, and we'll do some sort of like it's a pretty good idea uh, re- revenue share with them. I think we can do that. I mean, we've got our guy, Nay, from the Philippines in the Discord, who's made all of our custom emojis, which has been just the best, the best thing ever. So I know we've got some artists in the Discord, so uh, that's a pretty good idea. Um, yeah. our, our other sponsor, who we love very much, ever tell the people about BetUS. Absolutely. Now, guys, it's the summertime. It's time to have some fun. So why not do it by betting on some games? You're going to go watch a, a baseball game or two, maybe even an, an MLS game, right? Hell. Tons of beach volleyball going on. You got F1. You've got golf, that new LIV tour. The players are going nuts on uh, on super flights, on private flights going going off. There's so much to bet on. So the best place. Open to- championship this weekend. It's a major championship week for golf. In case oh, yeah, absolutely. The open, open championship, 100%. You know, Tiger's going off, getting mad at all those LIV guys, right? So it's time to bet on Tiger because he's coming back. Um, so you guys are going to head over to BetUS, which is America's favorite sports book. They've been around since 1994. Two true OGs now as sports bam- gambling because more and more prevalent throughout all of North America. So you're going to want to use the link below and you're going to want to use the code volley125 for 125% deposit bonus. That means when you deposit $100, it magically becomes 225. It's literally free money. Use it, go win more money, and then go buy our merch. And you know, you're going to help us in double ways. All right, guys. So check that out. Use the link below for BetUS and the code volley125. Well said. So Everett, another thing that you can bet on a BetUS is a game starting just tomorrow. And it's it, we're we're starting to throw away some hardware up in this in national team volleyball season. It is the women's VNL finals starting tomorrow in Ankara in Turkey. A great fan base, obviously. Uh, their team made the playoffs. I think they got sixth or seventh in the preliminary round, but uh, ended up getting the number one seed because they're hosting. We talked about all this on last week's show after the last week of women's preliminary round wrapped up, but. It's time to really dive in and preview the women's finals because they start tomorrow. So uh, going down tomorrow, Wednesday, July 13th, these two bangers of semifinals. You've got Japan versus Brazil. Uh, that's three versus six, I believe. And then the USA versus Serbia. Uh, this, I'm honestly waking up to early tomorrow to watch this game. It's like Japan versus Brazil is going on at 8 a.m. Uh, here. 
in, in so, uh, I think both of these batches are going to be banger matches. I, I cannot wait for them. Yeah, 8 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday, July 13th is Brazil versus Japan. Uh, 11.30 a.m. Eastern is the USA versus Serbia. Those times aren't bad. Uh, I will definitely nope. be watching them. And then the following day on Thursday, uh, the other two quarterfinals, uh, we've got Italy versus China. That is also at 8 a.m. Eastern on Thursday morning. And then uh, the host, Turkey versus Thailand at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. So uh, back to the brackets. Um, it's, that's it. We talked about the format. It's the same as the men's. Very, very simple. You win three matches, you win the VNL. Everett, the question is, can anybody take down the USA? I mean, we talked about it last week. They've got, uh, we, I should nope. say, we've got a very serious potential dynasty on our hands. Um, do you think that the USA goes and wins their third consecutive VNL? Yes, I, I, I do. Um, from what we saw, how good that team is top to bottom. They're so well coached. They're so... Uh, they're just so good uh, overall. They've, they've got so many good players that it, it to me, it's something serious would have to happen. Someone would have to have a game. Paolo Agona would have to score 50 points, right? Because otherwise, like, I, I don't really see uh, any team taking down the juggernaut that that, that is the United States at, at this point. I will tell you, though, Rob, I do think, however, that the most intriguing matchup in the first round is Turkey versus is Turkey versus Thailand. Sorry, I need to to make sure that I I, I pronounce their uh, their country uh, uh, properly. But I do think that that's the most interesting round one to me. All the other matches are locks, like Brazil over Japan, absolutely. USA versus over Serbia, absolutely. Italy over over China, absolutely. But the way we've seen this this. A, this Turkey team play, and B, this Thai team play, they have didn't play each other in the main round. They haven't played each other in the, the, the preliminary round. This Thai team is a scrappy team to play against. They're a difficult team to play against. You know what you need when you play against a scrappy, difficult team? Left sides. You know what this Turkey team doesn't have? Left sides. And I'm whenever I say this, I'm obviously going to credit that to you because you were the first person to have this take. But if there's any team that I think could kind of withstand and just roll off the pressure of, of playing against Turkey in Turkey, it might be Thailand. So I did take, and in my, in my predictions, Rob, earlier, as you know, I did take Turkey 3-2, but I think Thailand's going to make it interesting, and I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled off the upset. Fair enough. So we've got Everett's full bracket of picks on the screen right now. Everett, you've got, uh, you've got chalk in the first round. Uh, which I respect. There's not that much to argue with there. Then you've got Italy beating Turkey in one of the semifinals. You've got the USA beating Brazil in the other. Then you've got the USA over Italy in the final and Turkey over Brazil for the bronze. Uh, and any, any comments on the rest of that? I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense too. I do think that if, if like, once again, like I'm not saying this, this Thailand beating Turkey is going to happen. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised, right? I think they're the, the right, the perfect type of team to beat a team like Turkey in the first round. The matchup isn't great for, for Turkey, and there's a lot of other factors there, right? But, however, I don't think they match up well against, uh, against Italy. I do think they might steal a set. However, in that bronze medal match, we oftentimes see that home team pull out the win in the bronze medal match because totally. let's be honest one of the worst games to play in sports is that bronze medal match it's at 
the you've just lost. It's at the end of the tournament. It's not gold. It's not even silver. It's still bronze. And it's going to, I think it's going to, at that point, it's going to mean a lot more to Turkey playing in front of their home fans than it is to a Brazilian team who just want to be done and over and back on the beaches of Rio. I, I think that's really well said. You're right. That that bronze medal match is just a difficult one to get up for if you're a player and uh, playing in front of a home crowd. If it happens to be Turkey playing for bronze, I think that uh, that that kind of speaks for itself right there. Uh, now, I'm going to put my bracket up in just a second. And it, I, I made mine after I saw your picks, Everett, and you picked a little bit of chalk. So I went a little bit crazier just for, kind of for the sake of doing it. All right, uh, here, here's my bracket. I've got Japan over Brazil in the first round. Okay. Now, that's wow. that's 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 a little wild. That uh, is a little wild considering their last week of going 0 and 4. They yep, they went a fat 0 and 4 in week 3 did the Japanese women. I'm trying to check and see if they played earlier in VNL. I actually don't think they did. Unless it was week 1 in uh, the place that shall not be named. I don't think it was there uh, either. I don't think Brazil No, was there. yeah, I don't they think they Ankara. played and okay, so, so I think that that might be a little bit of a style counter and I think that Japan's going to wake back up. I think that they can be a little better and I think that Brazil's lack of an opposite is a matchup or lack of like a superstar like top 10 in the world opposite is something that Japan can handle. So, uh I I also just didn't really want to pick chalk in the first round. So, I've actually got Japan over Brazil. Uh, I've I've still got USA over Serbia. Uh, that's no problem, especially without Tiana Boskovic on the roster. I've got Turkey over Thailand at home. I've got Italy over China, and that's actually my personal favorite first round match. I think that could be the most interesting, and it really just depend on how okay. Paula Egonu plays. If, if if you if you have a one like a ten percent odds that you get a bad Paula Egonu performance, uh, China plays the clean style of volleyball that might be able to capitalize on that, but. They don't have Zhu Ting. I don't see them being able to keep pace uh, nine out of ten times in that matchup. Uh, I do, though, in the semifinals, I have Turkey over Italy. That's really a- okay. You're, you're going to have to break that down for me, and and why? I'm I'm putting a lot on home team advantage, home crowd advantage in Ankara, and I'm putting a lot on a lot of like goofy external factors with Paula Egonu going to Turkey. There's there's a lot going on there. There's like Kara Kurt at home. There's uh, like it was really it going to against a lot of her very soon to be teammates. I think there's got to be a lot of kind of undercurrents to that match. And, and then, also, too, like you bring up a good point about her playing in Ankara instead of Istanbul, right? Vakafank is, is an Istanbul club. Any fans in Ankara are going to be hostile towards Paolo Aganu. Right, because they they're gearing up to hate Vakif Bank even more than they already do. They're going to be doubly hostile to her because obviously they're going to be rooting for Turkey as hard as they can. But uh, I don't know. This it'll be a, an interesting test of Pele Gonu's mental preparation for that environment. Now she's the best player in the world. It's not like she can't do it. But um, I just kind of think the the drama and the the, the stars might align uh, for Turkey to get past Italy in that one. I also think Turkey's got an advantage in the middle. So they're they're, they're going to need it to to slow down Egonu and with how subpar they've been on the left side of this tournament. But uh, I don't think that upset is impossible. On the other side, the other semifinal has got the USA over Japan. I think that's that's no problem. Uh, it's one of the USA's if only. If you were picking USA to win it all, I'd be mad at you. Of course, right? I'm picking like, the USA to win like, it all. Of course, I am. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It just makes the most sense. Yeah, of course, I'm picking the USA to win it all. So I've got the USA over Turkey in the final. I've got Italy over Japan in the bronze medal match. Uh, here, by the way, I don't have a graphic for this, but let me read off the USA's final roster, the final uh, 14 women uh, that are going to Turkey. Uh, Jordan Poulter and Lauren Carlini setting. 
Interesting. So sure enough, uh, Carlini gets the call over Micah Hancock. Uh, Haley Washington, Dana Redke, Chaco Bogu, and Hannah Tapp in the middles. Kelsey Robinson, Catherine Plummer, Sarah Wilhite, Allie Franti on the left side. So only four of them. I know Carabayama. Uh, Annie Drews and Jordan Thompson on the right. No surprise there. And then Justine yeah. Wongarantes, Morgan Hens at Libero. No surprises there. So I am a little surprised that they brought four middles. I, I could have seen them bringing Carabayama over like as a fifth outside over like Hancock as the fourth yeah. middle. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I think this makes a lot of sense for Karch and it, it gives you a little bit of look at what's going on at the setter position. There, I brought it up on last week's show. Definitely something to follow along with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know this team now is Jordan Poulter's after everything that happened last year, but it's seen with Carlini being kept off that Olympic roster that maybe she would pull a Ben Patch and pull herself away for the national team, or maybe that was kind of the end of the line, but she's really stepped up and, and done well, you know, especially the early on. So we might as well give her a chance. Um, there has been reports, let's say in the past that maybe Lauren Carlini isn't the easiest teammate to play with. Um, and so maybe she's done some soul searching in, 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 you know, after not having not made the Olympics last year and has, has changed some things. And maybe she's a, a little bit bigger of a, of a team player with all that, but interesting choice there by Karch to go, to go with Poulter and Carlini for sure. Um, and and the, on the other side, I think maybe you just saw so much from the other th- the three outsides, and you wanted to add a little bit uh, of, of Hannah Tapp in there instead of uh, Bayama. Yeah, that one I don't really get. You're, it's a bit of a toss up, I think. Yeah, that, bringing four middles to a tournament, I just don't quite see the utility of that. Uh, I think that, like we talked about it with the Polish men, it's kind of the same situation. Like I think that um, Ogbogu, Washington, and Retke are. In, in a league of their own as far as American middles go. I think behind them, you got Hannah Tapp, Tori Dixon, like Anna Stevenson, uh, Breon Butler, like a couple other characters there, but that just aren't quite at that level of the top three. And at that point, why even bring the fourth one? Like what, what is, what is she going to do for you in a tournament is my question. You know, I'll be, I'll be pretty honest. I'm, I'm pretty uh, unaware of how Hannah Tapp, Hannah Tapp is overall. Like, is she a good server? Is she, is she a good blocker? Like those would be those would be the two things. She's that, like, the fastest. Ma- She's the fastest of the four for sure. She's okay. Maybe maybe, maybe that that's a, that's a thing where you know that like you know that she has a certain use in blocking. You know that she can bring a certain dimension to her game in serving. That would kind of be the only reasons that I would think that you would bring her over to the left side. And I'll be the first to admit that I haven't watched her enough closely to to have a, a true knowledge of how her game would would go. You know, one way or the other. Yeah, uh, point in the chat. USA women can play two entirely different rosters in this playoff and still win it all. I think that's Dude, really they could true. Play like three or four. Yeah. They could mix and match that that entire roster. You know, you could probably take that like what is it, the twenty eight man roster for uh, twenty five uh, or yeah, yeah. twenty five person roster for for VNL and just make two different teams and they'd probably finish one two right now. Like <laughs> that's how good this team is. Yeah, and like like we talked about on last week's show, uh, other than it being disgusting and making Everett sick, uh, I think the only thing that can stop this United States team is a Paola Igonu type performance. You're, you're Absolutely. not. You're not. But it, would, s- it would. But it would take a Paolo Agonu type performance where she's dropping like thirty plus points, and the entire team around her is playing lights playing out well. defense, right. serving strong, passing well. You know, you've got uh, what's her face just dissing a perfect a, a perfect offense. Like it would take <laughs> or every... or Malinoff, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Like it, it would take every single one of that Italian team to be there lifting up Paolo Gonu so she can just be able to to take down the uh, you know to get over that wall of the U.S. If you if you if you will. Oh yeah, that, that's that's what I mean. They're they're not going to see Tiana Boscovic. She's not on the roster, so we'll destroy Serbia in the first round. Uh, they're not going to see any Brazilian opposite that can destroy a game like that. And I think they can handle Gabi in that matchup. Uh, we can beat Abra Karakert. She's too error prone. She's easy to scout against. If we get if we happen to get Paula Igonu in the final and she is untouchable that day, there's a chance that we don't win this tournament. But I still do think that the USA is the heavy favorites. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we've seen it before. Like if we go back to like Rio, uh, twenty sixteen, where they just like had one game off and and then they ended up losing. Was was it to Serbia in in the semifinals there? Like, it's you can have you can you can sometimes just meet a team or a player that are just having their best day, and that that's what happens. But let's be honest, like even on their not their best day, it's going to be hard to beat the U S and they have the skill and the, and the, the wherewithal to take on any team that like, like I don't think Paolo Wagonu or a uh, Kara Kurtz or any of these athletes scares them whatsoever. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that they have the mental approach to volleyball right now. That's clearly the best in the world as a team. They really aren't scared of anything. They're prepared for everything. They've been there and done that. I mean, they won, they got the monkey off the back last year. They won the Olympics. Uh, they've, they've won VNL before this, this is like clockwork. They're going to go and they're going to do their homework. They're going to study for matchups and they're going to execute them. And the team is going to have to play ridiculously well. And there's going to have to be somebody that even comes close to out coaching Karchkirai to beat this United States team. And I don't see that happening. That's another thing too, is like, we, we just talk about the athletes on this American team, but when you talk about the entire entirety of the system, when you talk about the coaching staff, when you talk about how they run this team and they prep for opponents and they, they do all of those things like, uh, it may be a little too early, but like we might be seeing like a, a New England Patriots, like B- Barcelona with with Messi type of 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 dynasty here with with this U.S. team right now. It's so funny that like we we talk we talk about dynasties in the women's club game because of what Corneliano did, because of what Vakif Bank is currently doing, and there there's American flavor on both of those teams and in, in recently in the in the women's club Ooh. game that have dominated, but there's never been quite anything on the national team level that I can remember that is approaching what the USA women are trying to do right now. It's still early; like, they've got another world championship to go win, which is a tournament that we've struggled at before. But I mean, play style wise, talent wise, top to bottom, I think my country's somebody, got it. Somebody posted it on Instagram the other day about how many American athletes, like every team in, in the Lego Volley Feminilia has, has an American on that team, right? And, oh, and every one of them. And every again, one of them. And USA most Volleyball. Of them, most of them have two. God, again, USA right. Volleyball, throw your weight behind a league. Like you have the best, you have the best team in the world. You have the best. You have all all of your top players going to play in Italy. The entire Super Lega or Lega Volley Femminile is basing all their rosters around Americans, and you can't develop a league for them to stay home and play. And it's embarrassing. There's actually uh, Jamie Davis, who's the CEO of USA Volleyball, just did an interview with Volleyball Magazine this week that I, in summary, did not like what I heard. Did not like what I heard at all. he was asked about promoting the USA women, uh, marketing the fact that they're the best team in the world by far, and his answers were uh, not promising. So go go read through that if you're interested. But uh, can can anybody beat the USA women? Uh, we will find out this week because uh, women's VNL the final eight gets started tomorrow. Again, 
Uh, let's see. Let me go through the schedule one more time. Yeah, Brazil versus Japan tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, USA versus Serbia tomorrow, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Then on Thursday, pretty similar. Uh, China versus Italy, 8 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. Turkey versus Thailand, 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. Then we got a day off on Friday, uh, semifinals on Saturday, and the finals on Sunday. Those, those finals, uh, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Sunday. We will okay. uh, hand out some hardware on the VNL women's side. Can't, can't wait. I mean, once again, I do think it is going to be it's going to be a, a bit of a miracle if any team but the U.S. wins. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly hoping it's going to be a pretty nice weekend for American volleyball. Uh, we just had it this weekend for American volleyball. We had a pack of boat ride. How, which, how uh, was that? Like, oh, Jay, was I won't lie. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was so killing good. me. Like, I worked like a 60-hour week this week. Uh, one of the days, did you hear about how in Canada on Friday, one of our major um, wireless internet and cell phone services went down, so half the country didn't have internet service on Friday? Um, that That happened. Uh, and any, like, you know, finally we get service back. And the first thing I do is turn on Instagram and just hear a million clips with your voice on them. You getting <laughs> chucked beers too, as you're commentating these games, oh, the yeah. Adam system boys, just absolutely going to town on Wellpaca. And I know I have to do it all again this weekend with the Vancouver open. So I'm not really happy about that either. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. Three in a row for the out of system boys, uh, Gage Worsley, Joe Worsley, Mike, Ama, uh, get, come to the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. They win the tournament again. Uh, very convincing. That tournament was a blast. But uh, another thing coming up this weekend, Everett. So after after you're done watching the VNL Women's Finals at uh, 11:30 um, on on Sunday morning, you can watch the championships of the Volleyball League of America. Uh, the VLA Finals are this weekend. They're in Chicago, uh, which is great for me. I don't have to go anywhere. Um, a beautiful high school in the city with like a phenomenal new gym. We're gonna have a really nice production going on. Uh, really good tournament. So the the top six teams of the eight teams in tier one uh plan for a season-long title so uh look at check out at vla volleyball on instagram and who, uh, the, who do we got playing this week lvc is the one seed they've been the best team throughout the year out of upstate Make new sense. york uh nick scherzen blake leeson mike marshman joby ramos jordan vary like that spencer wickens like that team is going to be disgusting so uh, nick scherzen finally back in the vla which i'm excited about uh it's it's going to be either them or the chicago icemen i think uh, chicago okay. playing at home is crazy talented but they've been unable to get it done in big moments this year however they have won the last two uh championships the last two years so uh lvc and iceman then uh team pineapples here ascensions here uh rising tide out of socal is a wild card if they bring a good roster they could win the tournament and then uh bounce out of boston so those are the six uh check when's when's the last is team pineapple there yeah yeah pineapple's oh, okay. there i i didn't hear that for a second as I was, I was going through those was gonna be like when's the last time team pineapple wasn't wasn't there but uh but 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 they're still rolling so you think I, lvc is your favorite or iceman lvc is going to be my favorite and that's going to piss off some of my iceman friends that live here in chicago but uh that's what Ooh. they that's what they need to hear because they need to go out and win a tournament um <laughs> LVC, lvc looks incredible uh lvc is really really good and uh slowing down nick scherzian is not going to be easy for anybody in that gym this weekend so yeah, check out the Volleyball League of America YouTube channel, streaming live all weekend. Uh, we've got a pretty cool broadcast, Everett. Are you familiar with NFL Red Zone? Do you know I, how am we do? F- I, I am familiar with NFL Red Zone. I am. Yeah, what's up? So uh, back at the VLA Cup, one of the days, we kind of did something kind of like VLA Red Zone. 
where okay. we, we had three courts going and I was I was on a switcher, like switching between the three courts and commentating over all three of them. And it was Amazing. pretty electric. And uh, on Saturday morning, we're going to have that on two courts because we got we, it's we got two pools of three and then which will seed into a 16 bracket. So while pool play is going on, there'll be two courts going on. I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be commentating two courts at once. Uh, so if, if you want awesome. If you want the closest thing the volleyball's got to NFL Red Zone, uh, you'll want to tune into the VLA on Saturday morning before we uh, condense to one court and do a, a pretty sweet broadcast on YouTube on Sunday. Are you doing? Are you doing like one main broadcast for the two courts and then two individual broadcasts for That's each? Exactly there we go. What we're there doing. we go. FIVB, take notes. I've been saying for years this is what we need to be doing for beach tournaments. Totally. You know they did it kind of a little bit on the AVP. I absolutely loved it. Uh, how they had the main broadcast and you could kind of go, go in between like this is this is what we need to be doing, especially for volleyball, where we're going to be having multiple matches at the same time. This is this is exactly uh, what we be, need to be doing. And I'm excited for the VLA to have a budget to bring me in next year to uh, to uh, give <laughs> to uh, give you to give you a hand. We would love that. Yeah, it's kind of similar to Wimbledon, too. I'm, I'm not much of a tennis fan, but that's my understanding of how they do some of their early broadcasts is they've got one that, that hops around courts, but then they've got dedicated ones for each mm-hmm. match that's going on. So, uh, yeah, we've got the, the main broadcast with me flipping between two courts uh, for pool play, then we'll condense to the one for finals. Uh, check that out. If you, if you support the idea of professional volleyball in the United States, we would love your viewership, and we would love... Uh, your butts in the seats in the gym if you happen to be in Chicago this weekend. So uh, check out the VLA platforms for that. We'll, me and Vince will do a show uh, either tonight or tomorrow to preview the tournament in more detail. Sick. Let's do it. I'm excited. All right, boys and girls, a lot of volleyball going on this week. VNL finals on the women's side start tomorrow. Uh, we will crown a champion there on Sunday, crown a VLA champion on Sunday, and we'll be right back next Tuesday uh, to break all that down and preview the men's VNL finals. So, uh, Everett, you can rest your singing voice. Uh, well done, my friend, on that performance. <laughs> and I'm Thank you. Thank you. Look, looking forward to the next uh, USA beatdown of the Maple Volleys. <laughs> hey, you know what? Count your check-ins while you got them because we're coming for you. That's, that's all I got to say. You saw what happened at the Norseka Championships or Norseka, whatever it is uh, going Mouse. on right now. You and I both know that's a Mickey Mouse tournament. Yeah, but my cares. Mickey Mouse team beat your Mickey Mouse team, and both of these Mickey Mouse teams are going to grow up to be the mouse teams. I don't know if that's an actual <laughs> thing. Of big, big, big mouse teams doesn't doesn't really work, but the real teams, right? And so that's where I think you know we're we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you. Uh, <laughs> That'll be that the day. Uh, yeah. On that note, uh, thanks for watching, boys and girls. Make sure you subscribe here on the Volleyball Source YouTube channel. Uh, check out the podcast on audio if you want to listen to it in the car or whatever. Uh, it'll be up on Spotify, Apple Music, all those places very, very shortly. So. Yeah, thanks for watching. Enjoy the volleyball this week. Join the Discord, and we'll see you next Tuesday.